0: Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It's Adam, Caleb, Rhiannon. We are back because Marvel is finally back. We've got some Loki and some other things. But first of all, guys, just hello. We have not talked in a little while, so there has just literally been nothing to talk about. That is true. Not even like like even during COVID, there was like I don't know. There was more and more delays or whatever. Like the writer's strike and stuff. It's like they have nothing coming out at all. So.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, well, I think that's also like the SAG strike means these stars are saying nothing, you know?
0: Yeah. Adam, how's the shop?
2: (laughs) Oh, it's awesome, man. No, everything's uh, everything is coming together. It's uh, opening month, so we're just trying to balance the marketing with that with other life events, and you know how yeah. uh, how everything is.
0: Now, uh, if we had listeners that were interested, could they set up like their pull list through your shop? And absolutely,
2: yeah. And we'll uh, we'll ship everywhere. So uh, we use League of Comic Geek. So if you guys use that app, I I use the I've used that. For years just to keep track of my own pull list and stuff. But uh if you set it up through there and uh uh sync it with Meltdown Games and Comics, we'll uh reach out and, and organize all that stuff.
0: So that's it, folks. Meltdown Games and Comics in Iowa. That's what you're looking for.
2: Yeah, I've uh I had hoped, I'm not even sure if we talked about this. I would hoped to uh launch a bid for city council and poke but that is on the back burner you know, as we, as we move through life. So um, I'm not a politician yet, but I was excited.
1: I was excited. I was excited for you to enter politics, Adam.
2: No, yes. One or two things had to go on the back burner, you know, you can only do 43 things at once, not 44. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much.
0: Adam is If you people do not know. Adam's always running something some kind of side hustle or a 14th okay. side hustle it's it's always going on Pre. i'm
2: about i'll tell you what i'm about to go back and work at Pete's ranch because they've been closed for three days straight because they don't have enough workers so i'm about to go back and roast my own damn chicken so i have some chicken to eat here <laughs>
0: rihanna um... how's life in dc have you gotten used to it
1: Busy. It's busy. The new job's been very busy. Um, I am a government employee, so I thought I was going to get a little bit of time off this week, and I Uh, did not, Um, which is good. It's good that the government is functioning and moving on and that I'll get a paycheck, but um, I was kind of looking forward to some time off, so I took vacation anyways and just got back from New Orleans Yeah. and then Turning right around and going to New York City for Comic-Con next week. So excited to get back to the city. Get back to our rooftop um, for the Save Daredevil party. and um, I'm exhausted already.
0: I'm going into this exhausted, so that's great. So um, is there anything at New York that you're particular? I mean, I know you always love seeing your people and having the party. Otherwise... Is there much happening at Comic Con? Like, there's no actors there, clearly. So, yeah, they they set it up where
1: it seemed they set up a lot of panels. Yeah, you know, like San Diego, they didn't have a lot of time to plan panels to figure out what was going to be and to plan things appropriately. So, a lot of panels just got canceled. They seem to have some stuff there. There are uh, there seems to be a lot of talent coming just you know they have figured out how to do comic cons and talking about stuff that are not stricken properties so like I'm going to a David Tennant panel that's just spotlight on David Tennant animation can still do it so there's a lot of anime stuff yeah going on which I'm not deep into that but there's you know a few things on my calendar if I can make it there's star trek seems to do a really good job of having panels they did one at san diego they're having one in new york so a panel where they give sneak peeks i know like i i i was completely tired of panels that are nothing more than showing you in the first episode and everything but in this climate that's something they can do is give a sneak peek of a property or something like that um I can't remember what else, like Amazon has a generic panel, which to me reads kind of like they were, if, if talent could make it, they would change it. You know, it was kind of vague as to what's going to be there. I'm kind of surprised how many people in New York, like Hiddleston is going to be there doing autographs and pictures.
0: Um, But he can't talk about Loki at all. He yeah. He
1: can't talk about Loki, but he planned to go there. So my guess is there was a little bit of hope that the strike would be over. And they could pivot to press very quickly. Um, but yeah, like Chris Evans is going to be there. Tom Hiddleston, like a bunch of folks are going to be there doing autographs and pictures. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, the irony of it is it actually makes an environment that's better for that stuff because yeah. Chris Evans can't do any of his normal work. So, like, I mean, I doubt yeah. Chris Evans is hard up for cash. But, like, if he wants to bring in some money, going to a con and sign in autographs is actually probably the best, easiest way for him to make money right now.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a Chris Evans, like, spotlight on Chris Evans panel, if I'm remembering correctly, um, which I hope is just him talking about his dog for 30 minutes, you know, like.
0: Or his I, new wife. He's married now.
1: Oh, he married? Oh. Yeah, I that we'll see. We'll see. I don't think it'll be what it used to be be and i guess that's the big question is will marvel ever do anything in new york like daredevil was always a big property that marvel presented at new york comic-con so next year when they actually have stuff to promote will marvel studios do anything there
0: yeah i hope so well and the thing that i think kills it a little is in my mind it used to be back in the day like san diego was the big one and then new york was second but as disney has pushed d23 i feel like that's kind of jumped up and stuff they would have held back for new york maybe in the past now they take out at d23 so well we mentioned a little bit uh we have one strike over with i guess we're halfway back to getting stuff being made again um i mean we talked about the writer strike quite a bit on here but i just thought we could recap quickly if you had any thoughts about the deal from what i can tell the studios just just lost, like they just kind of ended up doing what the writers said they needed done. Uh, you know, I think there are we maybe talk about this in a minute because I thought about this a lot. I think there's probably some loopholes that we have not fully seen play out yet. I'm sure the studios did some sneaky stuff that they will then do sneaky stuff with for the next three years, but definitely it felt a little bit like I mean, it's cynically, it seems like the studios just wanted to cut costs for a couple of months. And so they said, Oh, we'll take the summer off. We'll, we'll boost our quarterly, you know, revenue versus cost sheet, and then we'll get serious about it in September. And that's kind of what feels like happened. But do you guys have any other thoughts on writer strike wrapping up?
2: The, uh, so the voice actors might soon go on strike as well. So those two could come out and now we'll never see what if season two. Or freshman year, I forgot what else is it? Zombies. Zombies is in production, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. um, One thing that stuck out was that the AI aspect of it. Um, Yeah. The the writers are allowed to use AI, Uh, which why wouldn't you? Why don't you just, you know, and do chat GPT and turn in a script then move on to the next project and get paid and go on and so forth. So yeah, the studio is completely lost. You, you love
0: to see it. It's interesting. You mentioned the AI. I don't want to like beat this horse. I am suspicious that the credits to secret invasion would be completely allowable under this deal, which at the time yeah. I said, I thought I don't think the writers are asking for something like this to be impossible. You know? Yes, but the VFX strike or the VFX
1: workers that have unionized. Right. They're the ones that I think cuz they have I don't know where they are with all of their yeah. You know, unionization, but the VFX workers have unionized and I think they would be the ones that have issues with the secret invasion
0: credit. Right. And it's And I should be clear, it's not apples to apples, but I'm saying like, if you sort of took this and superimposed it on VFX, I think what writers got is a little bit what happened with Secret Invasion where the the people they hired used the, you know, chose to use this, the the CGI or the AI stuff.
1: I think the big thing, the big thing that I'm, I'm sort of skimming for the details, but I know the writer's room and showrunner designation, which is something that has bothered me and that I've brought up a lot with the the Marvel Studios stuff, putting the lead writer. The showrunner is now defined as a writing position on a TV show that will lead to higher quality in the Marvel television space.
0: I think the thing about the contract generally, I think it's great for the writers. The one thing that I'm interested in. You know, they made this exception for a person who's a single writer because we talked about the like Tyler mm-hmm. Sheridan rule or whatever. Cause he's like, I like to do my own writing, I don't want a team. And they said, Okay, fine. I am suspicious and nervous that studios are gonna find ways to put pressure on people to choose to be solo writers. You know, like I could see a world where it's like, well, listen we can hire you if you want to have a writer's room and we'll pay you X amount of money or we'll pay you two and a half times X if you'll be the solo writer and it still saves them money. And it, you know, is, is a way around that. Cause I, everything I've heard from union people is like, well, that's a really rare exception because not many people want to do that. I am very nervous that the studios, the next thing we know, every Marvel show is going to have a single, writer with a single you know vision because they're going to find ways to cut costs with that loophole but maybe i'm wrong you know
1: i think where there is a loophole where money can be saved they will try to do it i personally believe any show that you have more than one writer will make it a more rich property
0: yeah there's also interesting language there about like uh the streaming uh, how they're counting streaming numbers and it's you know what percentage of subscribers watch it in the first like 90 days or then first 90 days of, subse- uh, of subsequent years i am just waiting for all of these streaming networks now to like take shows off of their services on december 31st and then put them back on on april 1st just so that they can make sure that they avoid ever having the possibility of something being watched in the first you know 90 days of a calendar year i mean it's just yeah know, there's there's all that kind of skullduggery, I believe that will probably go on. but
1: uh, or bury it. You know, like the first ninety days have some big event that comes out. So And hide all of the other shows so that when you get to your splash page, suddenly those shows that you've watched before aren't showing up and stuff.
0: Well, and because so many of the watching metrics are how many percentage of viewers within so many days of release or whatever, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if they start marketing less and less and less because I remember, you know, Stranger Things was kind of this way. It came out. Nobody Mm -hmm. really thought much of it and it took six weeks to kind of take off. It would not surprise me if they start like putting stuff out with almost no ads, no advertising. They even get their algorithms juiced to like not show you new stuff. Mm -hmm. And the algorithm only starts to crank it up once they think mathematically they're safe to like crank it up and get it. A lot of viewers down the road, this thing lately where they tell you to like stream a show, even if you're not watching it in the first 48 hours to get it renewed for second season, I think all of a sudden the studios now are going to not want stuff watched immediately and they will be okay with maybe slower burn audiences. Uh, You know um, I think less binging like Netflix will probably go to week to week releases more because it'll slow down the number of viewers. Like I just, I don't know. I think we'll see all sorts of things and I only mention it because as a consumer, I think it will change how we, um, you know, consume the material a little bit.
1: We just need the actors to get there get things back
0: on yeah i mean that one seems it's weird that seems to be a simpler situation except for they want different things i think there was hope early on that the writer's deal would be kind of a a blueprint for them to keep moving and i don't think that's been the case as much as i would hope maybe it would be so
1: well my understanding is it was a blueprint but they have some very Different stuff, you know, like the size of the writer's room is not a blueprint, but you know, minimum amount of pay and you know, some guaranteed pay and stuff like that is the same, it, it's the same result, <laughs> you know. Like, so they've proven that they can pay these minimums, they've proven that they can, um, you know, work with these schedules, they just have to translate it to the actor's
2: world.
0: And almost immediately, all the streaming services are raising their prices, which, you know, was always going to happen. It it doesn't bother me if, if, you know, if the writers getting a fair deal means that I have to pay a buck or two more a month, it's not a problem. But it is certainly, as soon as there was a deal, it's like, oh, the consumer is going to pay the tab on this deal, you know, to some degree.
1: Yeah, because ultimately you're not paying for the writer's deal, you're paying for the profits. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah whichever way you want to think about it you can think about it, you're paying the new deal for the writers or they are but then they're recouping their decreased profits by raising your exactly one way or the other they get you coming or going don't they adam they sure do man i
2: don't i i want to unsubscribe from some services i just don't know what you know
0: i tell you we don't use netflix a whole heck of a lot like Lately for us, Disney Plus is the big one because of the we like, you know, Ahsoka, Star Wars, all that stuff. And then we've been using Hulu a lot for like mm-hmm. older shows, but I don't know yeah. the last time I've watched something on Netflix. Yeah, um, we watch
2: Gilmore Girls, which is on Netflix. We've been watching Modern Family and that's on Hulu. Like Peacock, I can't remember the last time I used Peacock and we pay for it every month. Max, haven't used Max in a while. I haven't really streamed anything in a while. I don't know, man. It's just cheaper to get TV now. What a world we live in. Yeah.
1: I logged into Netflix. I used my dad's Netflix and it gave me the whole, like, you know, you're not in the household of this account, like thing. And I'm not paying Netflix. I, I'm just going on with not paying Netflix, like whatever. If they want me to not use their service, I'm not going to use their service. Maybe something will come out that I want to pick it up for a month. But...
2: And uh, now Disney's doing that too. Like, come on guys. Yeah. Yeah, and what the...
1: My problem is, my parents and I, honestly, the only reason some accounts I keep paying for is that my parents and I share accounts. And the last time I tried to cancel Hulu, my parents called me up and was like, what the heck? We need... Hulu's not working. You know? Like, what's wrong with it? (laughs) And so the only reason I didn't cancel it... So if they make the sharing if they make it so I can't share with my parents, I'm going to just start canceling these subscriptions.
0: Yeah. Um, I saw the other day they did a survey that was like, what service you're happiest with. And it was interesting because Netflix was still ranking as the service people were least likely to cancel. But it was also like seventh on like the liked list. It was like, number one was max and then it was hulu and then it was disney plus and then i think uh paramount plus was about like and the survey just showed that people didn't love netflix like that netflix is just falling in consumer hap- you know how much people like netflix and so it'll be interesting to see if they start to slip back to earth um because i think people are a little tired of their making crappy tv and then charging us 28 dollars a month for it you know Right, but I mean, I think we'll see that, uh, you know,
2: combined with all the the new deals Hollywood's getting, plus, um, now that all the other platforms are getting the same age as Netflix or, or getting their feet, you know, firmly planted beneath them, you know, we'll see more and more replicate Netflix in terms of content. You know, I mean, we we've even even seen it with Disney Plus to an extent where with show cancellations and stuff, right? Um, yeah. obviously not to the extent of Netflix, but um I think some Star Trek stuff might have gotten canceled on Paramount Plus or something. Um yeah, it's just frustrating. I have no desire to watch any of these shows that get canceled after you know the second season on a huge cliffhanger. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna waste the time on that type of stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about shows not being canceled, but being moved around. So, there's been a few release date things that have happened since we've talked last. I'm going to run through them real quick, and you guys afterwards can tell me if any of them are interesting to you. Uh, first of all, back the 1st of September, a Hollywood reporter shared some moving dates for Marvel. Uh, first one is that Echo is getting pushed instead of coming out like we thought in november as they announced even they've bumped it back um to january that being said we are going to get what if i guess around christmas time they're saying what if season two um which has been talked about forever but they claim it is finally happening uh then x-men 97 they say is supposed to be sometime early 2024 Um, We know that's been pushed because you can just tell there was a bunch of toys and stuff that came out and it was going to happen this fall and then they moved it. Uh, Then they were saying Agatha next fall. Ironheart, they said, was pushed off the schedule altogether. Uh, And then uh, some people started looking at, like, I don't know, copyright, like, date things (laughs) this week. Um, And according to those, there's claims that we'll see Agatha next September um, that Ironheart has been shifted or Spider Man freshman year for November of next year, which that show's been being in production forever. Uh, sadly, Rihanna, they're, they're thinking Daredevil January 2025 based on these copyright filings, and then Ironheart September 2025, which is f- four years after they finished filming it or something. I don't know. Um, these are kind of, these are all rough dates, but it's kind of where we're at right now. Any thoughts about those dates and the 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 sort of pace things are coming out and these things all being delayed and all that kind of stuff? If
1: they are moving towards a Young Avengers lineup or something of that aspect, like, we're just going to end up with Avengers the same age. They're going to be like nursing home Avengers by the time they get to it. It's...
0: I mean, that's my biggest concern is at some point we're going to have Ironheart do a show where she's 20 and then the next time she shows up, she's 34. Like, that would seem to be naturally what's happening here, you know?
1: They're going to need another blip just to explain everybody aging so much between these properties.
0: So. Well, and I don't know, quality wise, I don't know what it means, but like, it's weird to film, I mean, seriously, I was teasing but Ironheart finish sometime last year right early this year or
1: but so my thing with that is doesn't it need to come out after armor wars or i am sure it's connected to armor wars yeah but so I don't my guess after. is after my guess is that it's move its movement is more in relation to armor wars than it is related to the completion of yeah. ironheart
0: yeah it's just weird to me to film something and then let it sit around for two years before you put it out you know
1: yeah i mean even like the fashion choices and stuff that you have in these yeah you know, like i don't know it
0: just seems weird but. well and it's certainly different than traditional tv i mean some of it is it's a change in like the way it's produced but, you know back in the day they started filming stuff in May or June to hit in September. Like usually, TV was something mm-hmm. that you knew had been made in the last six months to a year. This thing where it sits on a shelf two or three is 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 a bit bizarre. Yeah, Adam, do you think they're just purposefully like spreading the stuff out, or do you? I mean, is it production, or you think it's some of it both? You mean?
2: No, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they had, I, they had to. Regardless, you know, we've heard all sorts of stuff about certain shows being broken up and uh seasons or pods or whatever you want to call it so i don't who knows i we (laughs) the delays still probably aren't done you know because what daredevil was a third of the way done filming um or or something like that so they still have 12 episodes to, to film yeah which is still six months or so, um, with the Marvel calendar and stuff. So who knows? That probably won't make January twenty twenty five. Um, shows like Echo they can release because I think they just kind of want that out the door and done with, you know. So, I doubt we're uh done getting uh, delays, just because that's how the world works. And most of this stuff is on Disney Plus. And marketing, you don't need a marketing cycle. You know, you can essentially say, "Hey, we're dropping this next week," and people are going to watch. You know,
1: but surely they care about how many people watch. I mean, I know we just talked about like how they might fridge stuff, or you know, how that doesn't matter, but. Ultimately, they're measuring success somehow and they want
0: their properties to be successful.
1: I'll be very interested to see how like the lack of Hiddleston doing press is impacting Loki.
0: The danger, I think, for the actor, I mean, it's a a little bit of a gamble because if it doesn't, like if Loki season two still does numbers, in some ways it takes away their leverage because it's like, oh, no, we don't need you guys to market a streaming Mm -hmm. show. I think we've seen that it hurts movies. So that's the question: Is you know, are movies the same as streaming, or is streaming a little more immune to that? It it is bizarre to me that they keep that they keep working on pre production of more things. Like there was another story that hit we could talk about that. There's apparently now that the writer strike is done, the first thing Marvel started doing was looking for an X Men writer. You know that that's probably the next big property they want to work on. Uh, If I'm sitting here and I've got. Agatha half done and Ironheart in the can and waiting to come out and Echo in the can. And I've got a Wonder Man show that's half finished and a Vision show that apparently has been written or partly written. And I've got all these movies that are backed up and are getting pushed. And I've got, you know, this whole slate of films that I say is going to come out that's now all two years late. Why why are you getting an X-Men? Could we just like make the stuff mm-hmm. we've already said we're gonna make? Like It made sense when they were speeding up pace to keep on putting more into the, to the production line. But at some point I would think you just consolidate and make what you're making instead of always having to chase the next thing. But maybe that's silly.
1: Well, and then that goes to what Stephen tonight talked about during the strike of that, this changing the properties and changing the property names and all of that keeps them from having to pay certain aspects of the contract that like he's protesting that daredevil born again, he should be getting some of the credit because they're using his daredevil. That just adding the word born again doesn't change that it's the daredevil universe he cre- he originated. And yeah. so, you know, taking these and having, you know, an X-Men series and then a Deadpool series and, a, you know, going in all of the different directions there are aspects of not having to pay people that originated those titles.
0: Did you have sympathy for those comments, Rhiannon or.
1: I, I am enjoying watching those comments. I mean, I just think the, well, I mean, just because I understand and I've watched all of the daredevil dynamics. I, it's fascinating to watch what's happening behind the scenes with all of those things to me. like, um, and I hope tonight gets his money if he's due money, you know, I hope it doesn't mean they make one last episode, which is more likely to be how things. <laughs>
0: like, right. like, well, and I, and I thought the really interesting thing about it is I felt like those comments assumed certain things about what born again will be, you know, like, I just think his case is more or less made depending on how much like. The Netflix Daredevil Born Again is. I'm just not confident I know how much it's going to be like, you know the the Born Again Daredevil. So.
1: Yeah, but I think his I think his argument uh, is much stronger because you have Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox, right? Like there, and yes, he may have to wait until it comes out for him to be like, oh yes, they reference this plot point and this plot point that I, you know, specifically created. But it might be as simple as, well, I mean, he even, he's even like brought up that the way his pay structure was set up on Netflix with the original show, he's fighting to get paid for it being on Disney+. Like he didn't get any of the money of it moving from one platform to the other and is doing research into his contract as to, you know, he should be getting paid something for it airing on Disney+. Plus. Yeah um and some stuff like that so it's just been interesting to see that and i think i i think the argument I, yeah i have no idea they have like mediation boards for stuff like this that that would go in and he would be like i created this 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 and this you know, Yeah. yeah to, to see if he should have a credit
0: i think the other thing that was in, interesting about it and where i wasn't quite with him was just that he talked about like um The Disney's done this before on like shows on like the Disney channel where they like Mm -hmm. canceled a show and then changed its title and then brought it back a year later. If Disney had canceled the Netflix show, I I would appreciate it more. But the fact that it was a Netflix cancellation and then Disney is starting, you know, the fact that it's two different companies, it's at least not as bluntly the same as if Disney canceled it and Disney restarted it, you know? Yeah, but that doesn't mean
1: that he doesn't deserve the credit. I mean. Yeah, uh, sure. It wasn't canceled in order to stop paying him, but it was still, it is still a revival of a show that he created. Yeah. or I don't even know that he gets, because I think Drew Goddard gets the created by credit, and yeah, and I think all of that gets gets complicated. Yeah, like Drew Goddard can come out of this getting a credit on the new show, but not
0: Stephen tonight. I think the person who should be, should be most aggrieved, I forget who was doing the uh, casting at Netflix. Oh, yeah. But when, yeah. when Daredevil Born Again comes up and it's like, casting by Sarah Haley Finn, I'm like, no, not really. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, this this was the easiest job she ever had, just to hire the same people somebody else had, you know? Yeah. All right. Um, Is there any other newsy stuff you guys want to talk about before we move on to talking about Logie? Blade got delayed till 2032. So, oh, we just watched Eternal. So we're one of the kids is old enough that we're showing a Marvel. You know, we watched Eternals the other night, and I was like, oh man, this this Black knight stuff is going to pay off. Never, never, <laughs> never, so ever. Uh, you two have fun with Loki. I'm gonna run
2: and get some yeah. lunch. No worries, man. Um, have have this good has been time. fun. Yeah, we should
0: we should do it again shortly. Okay, yeah, we will. All right, see you guys. So, Rhiannon, Loki 2. Yeah. What 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 did you what did you think upon returning to the world of the TVA and all that kind of stuff?
1: I enjoyed it. Um I have so just caveat, I have watched it once on my phone. I haven't had a chance to like really and I've been reading people talking about it and have no idea what they're talking about. So I definitely need a rewatch to see like all of the little details that are there. If I want to dig into it, I don't know. Like one of my biggest things going in, you know, like once I remember the world of Loki is like, I don't think I want to think about it too deeply because it really peeved me in season one. So... Like, maybe. I just want to look at it at a very surface level. Um, but I really liked the TVA. I really, like, overall, I was excited to be back in the world of the TVA and with these characters again. And I, I found myself, like, enjoying it.
0: For me, it was a big confirmation of second seasons of things is is good. Yes. So most of this MCU stuff has been limited series. And the challenge is, like, whenever you have a new show, you just have to spend time setting things up, introducing characters, introducing settings, you know, certain plot, mechanics. particularly for a show like Loki that was a little bit high concept. Yeah. And so I enjoyed, like, oh, we can just get into a plot and a story, and there's a million things about where they're at and how it works and who works there and why, like whether it's variants or timelines or pruning or the one who remains the fact that all that's just in place and I can just enjoy the story now and not have to go through the work. It's a little bit like when phase two and phase three of the MCU came around and we got to enjoy movies where they just got into the movie instead of an hour of origin story for where we got our characters. It's the same thing. I'm enjoying having a show where we're just, Hitting it right off and just hitting the ground running instead of having to explain everything to the audience again, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's what I love about TV. I mean, TV is that you're in this world and you're really, really like in it. Like you know the people, you know lots of the people, and you're getting to do things with them. So, yeah, I like TV. I'm excited about the second season and I liked. Oh, I always get his name wrong. But Opie. Yep. Um, I was worried. I was worried that his character would be too much like everything everywhere all at once. Have you seen everything everywhere yeah. all at once? Okay. I was worried that his character would be too much like everything everywhere all at once. But it felt different. I didn't feel like I was watching the same show. Yeah, you know, I felt like he was distinctly different. So I liked him as an addition.
0: Yeah. And I think they did really well. To write a role for which his his natural, his natural sensibilities, the things that are great about his personality, like they just shine, like they're not giving him, you know, sometimes somebody gets a role, like, uh, I don't know, like, when Jim Carrey started doing really dramatic roles, it was like, ooh, let's challenge him to see if he can expand his ability. Yeah, uh, they're, not, they're not doing that here. And that's fine. Like this This is someone who's got a relative optimism about him and a joy to him that's sprinkled into this relatively dour place. And it's very perfect to add that sort of layer to a place that can sometimes be a little depressing, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. oh, and his character is depressing as can be, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> so he d- he did a great job. And there were stakes and there was action. I mean, that's what this is what Marvel Television can be. Like there was a mystery, there were stakes, there was a plot they moved through. They set things up for a future episode. I again, I had completely forgotten that after credit scenes were a thing. Yep. But I happened to catch it. <laughs> I don't know why I suddenly just don't care about after credit scenes, but um and it set up something cool for the season.
0: Yeah. It's also a very fun Easter egg. I'm sure, I mean if you've been on Twitter, I'm sure there's been 8,000 articles about it, but uh, you know, the town in Oklahoma she's in is where Asgard was like the idea of New Asgard like we have in the movies and the comics that happened in that town in Oklahoma.
1: Oh. I just assumed it was somewhere getting ready to get hit by a tornado.
0: <laughs> no 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 And the so the whole idea of like asgard gets kind of ruined and so they have to bring it somewhere else to like restart it yeah and the comic books they kind of float it down to this town in oklahoma and yes. so the mcu did that sort of repurposed that idea and did it in norway but now they're using the town in oklahoma so i thought that was fun that's cool
1: yeah that's a very cool easter egg
0: i think you're right that plot mechanics probably can't think too hard about it Uh, I mean, I have thought somewhat of it. I still think they're not breaking their time rules. But in a very. The thing they're doing here that they also did in Miss Marvel is I think you can get away with a lot of time travel stuff if the protagonist does not choose to time travel. So both Miss Marvel and Loki were pulled by forces outside of themselves to the past. Mm hmm. And that solves the time travel paradox because the problem of the time travel paradox is that you would not think to travel back in time if the thing didn't happen. But you don't have to think to go back if someone else is the one who's pulling you there. So the fact that it's like happening to him involuntarily, I think fixes a lot of problems. But I probably have already gotten too deep in the weeds. <laughs>
1: well, no, but it, I mean, but they they t- had that. Sort of like you wouldn't think to go back in time if you. I liked that they showed the immediate impacts of time travel with, yeah, Loki being with past Obi, and you know Obi literally being there and like I know nothing about this, and then being like, oh wait, I do know something about this, yeah, <laughs> like and it just you know like I don't think too deep about it. It reminds but... me a
0: little bit about of Marty McFly's Polaroid. Right? That, like, when he does things in the past, the Polaroid starts to immediately change, you know? Yeah.
1: I think it's simple. Keep it simple. But we're not going to have to deal with any more time travel, right?
0: I I do think they set us up for the last scene of the show we have seen, but they'll just give us the context to make it, you know, like, so when he goes to the future and somebody um, prunes him as he sees uh, Sophie in the elevator. Mm hmm. I'm suspicious that will be the last scene of the season. It's just, Uh, we'll like play into it and then it'll make everything make sense in retrospect.
1: Okay. So we could see him when Sophie was in the elevator.
0: So all we know is that he travels to the future. He sees Sophie in the elevator, the phone's ringing, and then someone prunes him. Okay. And I think what we'll do is through the rest of the season, we'll slowly get to where we find out. Who's doing the pruning? Who's ringing the phone? Why Sophie's in the elevator? Yeah. And then the last the last season, you know, the last scene of the show will be that scene, but from the perspective of the people in the future instead of our time traveling Loki. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is clever. I think it, it's uh, inherently satisfying plot device if it's written well, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Talking about first and last shots. I was a little shocked, but <laughs> it was... The fact that Jonathan Major's big old face was the first thing on the screen. I was like, oh, okay. I guess we're not shying away from this. Yeah. I was shocked. I was
1: shocked that they're not downplaying that at all. We'll see where that goes.
0: It is no, there is no doubt that Kang is very central to the plot here and is very central to Loki's motivations. And that makes total sense to season one. But given the context outside of the show, I I was, I don't know if worried is the right term, I was thinking that we might get like these, you remember with like Falcon and Winter Soldier, there was rumors that there was like a pandemic storyline, and it got super like rewritten to avoid that. And that led to a lot of jankiness in the plot. I was kind of worried that we're going to try to like write Kang out of this to some degree, and that was going to lead to all these points where we go. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, it was the Jonathan Majors things that they removed. And so far, I'm not feeling that. So, Not yet. Yeah.
1: And I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I don't know. So we'll see. Cautiously optimistic. And I feel like we learned a lot in this episode as well. I'm fascinated that it was King World and everything had his face. And it was in the same timeline as the actual TVA in the past. So that they had hidden him. So very curious. Very curious what has actually happened in the TVA.
0: Well, and it's interesting because the cartoon from season one suggests that there was a multiversal war and then that got cleaned up and we got a sacred timeline. So that suggests that there were a bunch of Kangs who had fought in the past of the TVA. But this is making like really explicit that Kang has been running this TVA thing for a very, very long time. And also it, it begs the question of like, how many iterations of it has it been? Cause clearly they all worked for Kang at one point and then he wiped all their brains and he started over again with the, you know, mythos of the timekeepers. And so, um, you know, like how many runs did he have at it and what other secret little like time bombs are sitting around, in the place. I'm almost wondering if at some point we find that Ouroboros that maybe he forgot he was in the basement and like, he's the only person in the entire TVA that never got their mind wiped. Like he's just been sitting down there fixing stuff for millennia. And at some point he'll go, Oh yeah, I remember that. And everybody's like, what? Because he just got like overlooked when they scrubbed the place clean and started over.
1: Oh, I like that though. Yeah, because we don't know how far back it was that Loki went when he had him build the machine to save his life. Right. But if that's the same point in time that he went back the other times, he did, and he didn't have his mind wiped. Right. Because Obi remembered everything about that visit.
0: Yeah, right. And and everything was still like decorated and Kang stuff in in that spot. Yeah.
1: See, i don't want to set expectations for there to be something like that because otherwise at the end of the season that just might be an incongruity something incongruent with what they do that
0: like I never gets explained. it's either going to be the key to the whole plot or it's going to be a very annoying plot hole right like yep yep <laughs> yes because we just happen to watch eternals the way that the Celestials use the Eternals as their like police force and then wipe their brains and start over with them. There is some fascinating kind of parallels like the TVA TVA serve Kang the same way the Eternals serve the Celestials a little bit. And it's something I would have never noticed except for I happen to watch those within 24 hours of each other.
1: Yeah, that's a weird trend for me, Marvel,
0: to be going down. Well, and frankly... There's a lot of similarities in the two shows about um, about faith and belief and what happens when your deity turns out to be false and is not who you thought it was. And like the power of sort of religious sentiment to control populations, like it's both in Loki and in Eternals. It's, and it's a very highbrow kind of concept to be putting in kids comic book movies you know like yeah like the, the the death of god and what it means for 21st century people or whatever you know like it's it's kind of philosophical for for that stuff but interesting that's there a couple of ways
1: yeah though i mean there are still 21st centuries writers behind these shows going to put their own yeah ethos in it a little bit And I think false deities and such are something that people have given a lot of thought about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Only other thing I thought to mention, uh, this new thing where they drop these shows at nine o'clock Eastern. Yeah. My favorite thing in the world. Like, I loved it with Ahsoka. Now, like, we're watching this, like, almost the instant it comes on live. And that is, because, you know, back in the day we're not going to wake up, stay up for it. Like we're in a situation with kids that we're not going to like, we would just have to wait. And I'd have to go a day or two where I avoid spoilers on social media and all that stuff. The ability to sit down with my kids at nine o'clock and watch it on TV. Like it's a show on ABC in the nineties is, is just nice. It's a, a nice return to like the old way we used to do things. We just watch TV on a Thursday night with your family, you know? Yeah, that's cool
1: yeah um i found that now that i'm not really on twitter anymore it i i had no issues avoiding spoilers so i certainly would see them on facebook if i wasn't careful yeah like
0: i've had some stuff spoiled on facebook but
1: not being on twitter makes it really easy to avoid spoilers
0: yeah well so i'm not hardly there either and you're right uh, and it also makes me enjoy things mo- much more um, yeah. but, um on Facebook, the challenge with like Ahsoka was at some point I liked like a Star Wars collectors group just because I enjoyed seeing photos of people's like collections. So now the algorithm knows I like Star Wars. And so, you know, like uh, that means my Facebook has now been ruined of all sorts of, you know, stuff yeah. about uh, spoilers ahead of time. But that sucks. It has been interesting rewatching a bunch of these phase four movies and shows, you know, as we've been rewatching MCU stuff. I really enjoy it. Like I'm tired of social media telling me I'm not supposed to like, we rewatched Shang-Chi and I'm like, I love this movie. Yeah. And we just rewatched a little bit of Hawkeye. And I was like, this show's great. I love this show. You know, like, um, I don't know. Staying away from people feeling the need to pick it apart. live time is, is good.
1: But you liked those shows when they came out. You liked I know. Shang-Chi when
0: it came out. You liked Hawkeye when it came out. I did. I liked Eternals a little bit more than I even realized that I did. The the things yeah. that Eternals does well, it does well. And the things it does poorly, it does poorly. But it's okay to like let those things both be true.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember having strong feelings against Eternals I just don't remember having feelings about Eternals so maybe re-watching it I would feel you know I would have different direction
0: yeah one it way certainly or is long and yeah and the other thing is they were doing their best to take a great filmmaker and let her do things her way this thing where like they paid millions of dollars of extra to like haul an entire movie set to a remote island in the middle of nowhere and then only film for 14 minutes around sunset yeah it doesn't look that much better than if she had done it in that you know that volume thing with an led screen like i'm sorry it's just (laughs) there's just no way it is worth it for marvel to pay all that money just so you can have a sunset you know sunset's a sunset you're not it's not that much more special on that remote island that you made them go to. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I I, don't remember strong feelings either way, but I don't think the quality of a sunset would have made it. Yeah. Swing one way or the other. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The issue with it was not the sunsets.
0: All right. Um, that sounds a good place to wrap. We yeah. will talk about Loki again soon, but uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for jumping on, Rhiannon. Yeah. Next time, we'll see if we can... Uh, part, of, part of our infrequency is also that we're busy people. I think Adam has so much stuff going on right now, I oh cannot even imagine how he's staying afloat, but... Yeah. Yeah.
1: So... But we're going to drag him in and make him talk about Loki, even if it's in like six months when he finally gets around to watching it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show, guys. We will talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.